0: everybody. It is Nurse Mo and I have a very special bonus episode for you today. And I cannot wait for you to hear all the good stuff inside this interview. So raise your hand if you are already a huge fan of Katie Caliber. Okay, I'm over here raising my hand. And if you don't know who Katie is yet, and you're not a huge fan yet, I guarantee by the end of this bonus episode, you absolutely will be. So Katie has a website and a podcast called Fresh RN, and she is all about supporting new nurses, and she's totally about supporting nursing students as well. She wrote a fabulous book called Becoming Nursy, which is in my library, and it might be in your library already as well. And she's just an all-around fantastic person. She's hilarious, warm, and so, so insightful. So in this interview, Katie and I talk about how students can deal with and manage when they encounter bullying behavior from either an instructor, especially a clinical instructor, or nurses in clinical. So you ready to learn more about this topic? Let's see what Katie has to say. Okay, Katie, so thank you again so much for being here today. And I want to talk about this kind of big topic about like mean, bullying, incivility in The, you know, in the clinical setting, but also in the classroom setting as well. And I've been just shocked because I hear from so many students how often this happens and they feel pretty lost and I would say very powerless to deal with this. So I am so happy that you're here today to share your fabulous insight. So it's a big topic. So let's break it down a little bit. Sound good? Sounds great. Okay. So, Let's start with this one. One of the most common questions that I get from my students is surrounding that clinical instructor Mm -hmm. that the perception of the student may be is that the instructor is out to get me, Mm -hmm. they're calling me out all the time, they're singling me out, bullying me, et cetera. So um, let's first talk about how you would define bullying in general. For nursing students, like what would that look like and feel
1: like? Mm -hmm. Okay, so as we dive into that, uh, and if someone is listening to this, who's not in nursing school, so when you go into that clinical environment, you could either have that clinical instructor who has what, eight students or something, or you could be paired with a nurse, who's also super not cool. So you could get it from like either of those people. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can have people who are like that definition, the technical definition is someone who's habitually cruel, insulting or threatening to someone who might be perceived to be weaker or in some sort of a vulnerable position with like a power gradient. So Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. clinical instructor versus a student, Um, you may find I've seen different things throughout the years. I've seen people who treat everybody terribly, I've seen that as well, including their colleagues yes. or uh, except for that one doctor who they love, but <laughs> they treat everybody terribly. Or you have that person who singles people out mm-hmm. and picks like, like when I was in nursing school and I, we had like Four or five guys. And we had a guy who was, he was really cool, great student, but he was relaxed. Like, he wasn't like your, I'm going to go be a go getter, be proactive with everything. He was, he was just, his demeanor was different. Mm -hmm. And he was singled out by a few nursing instructors. um, And not true. I would say he was bullied a bit, you know. Um, So that's, I think that's the definition to start with. Okay, um, I think it's
0: really interesting that you brought up that power dynamic because I think that's where that feeling of powerlessness comes into play from the student standpoint.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you they're they're in charge of your grades, right? Right. Yeah, like they I can mean, pass fail you. Especially
0: like, with the clinical, it's not like there's an exam; it's subjective.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Yes. So my first thing is to know that you're not alone um i think when we encounter these situations especially if you're the one that's getting singled out it can be very easy to feel like i am this I'm not cut out for this. There's a reason they're picking on me because I can't do this. And they're going to try to push me over the edge. And it just, it kind of snowballs and just makes it actually worse. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really important to know that this is a pervasive issue in nursing, in our profession, and actually in a lot of professions, let's be honest here. <laughs> but like, if you Google like built bullying in clinicals for nurses, mm-hmm. you get scholarly research articles and studies of this being formally evaluated. Wow. Okay? So it's important that you realize, and I'm and I'm saying I'm not excusing it, but I'm just saying this is a thing that is common. So mm-hmm. that I think that can offer some comfort to say, like, oh, wait, it might not be personal about me. Right. So, it's common, but it's not okay. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and I think, and then my if if you get into like clinical and you realize this is happening or you feel you don't. You feel slimy around this person. You feel like they're, they're crossing boundaries that are not appropriate. Um, you resent seeing them. Um, my first thing is to first chat with someone to say, okay, am I looking at this situation right? Because what ends up, uh, what I've noticed is this stuff is really subtle. Mm-hmm. It's not, God, you're an idiot. It's, it's that little stuff where they're being really particular with you, but they let right. someone else just fly. And you right? notice that. Mm -hmm. or they make a subtle condescending comment about you in front of the patient Mm -hmm. right like Mm -hmm. those they're very it's subtle stuff that when you put it together or and then you realize how you feel around this person it's like I don't I feel it my, my way that I know a boundary is crossed with me is if I'm around someone and I resent them or I feel I feel I have feelings of resentment or I feel slimy Like I feel like Mm -hmm. I don't like this person. Like I I like that. I feel slimy. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) probably a reason to think. Okay, this person is crossing some boundaries that are not cool.
0: Yeah, I like that you pull self awareness into that. Like really looking into yourself to evaluate, kind of do a temperature check with yourself.
1: Yeah, like notice physically, how do I my how does my body feel when I'm around this person? Am I really tense? Do I genuinely have like a stick sick to my stomach? I mean, I know you're I know you're gonna have clinical nerves, like I know you are. But if it's this, like you're around other clinical instructors or professors and you feel different with this person, Mm -hmm. like pay attention to that internal gauge. Um, and that's I think it's important to, you know, have that level of self-awareness.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So my first clinical instructor, scared the pants off of <laughs> all of us. She, I loved her fiercely after I learned to kind of appreciate her, like where she was coming from. She was ex-military. She, so, I mean, she was tough. She scared us yeah. all. Oh, I'm sure. But other students, as I found later, did not love that toughness. Mm-hmm. So, is there a line between like a clinical instructor being tough, being demanding and being, you know, bullying or showing lateral violence?
1: Yeah. So this is a, is a very important differentiation because I have been around people who are a little rough around the edges, but the way that they show care and concern is like, is that, and Mm -hmm. you as this clinical, as this student, you're not going to change that. Like you're not going to come in and be treated differently. Like, um, and, and to expect that I think is setting yourself up for a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, so p- there are people, and as you, you'll learn this, as you become a nurse, like I know which nurses that I need to not be, um, real energetic with at seven o'clock in the morning because they don't chill out <laughs> till 9am. It. And it's not about me. Right. This is just the way this person functions, and I'm not going to change that about mm-hmm. them. I need to gauge my expectations about them accordingly. Um, so I, again, observation, noticing how this person interacts. And I think the biggest thing that you can do is make everything objective mm-hmm. as much as you can, not take things personally. Um, chances are you are not like the one person who has caused them to be this militant, crazy, you know, tough right. or mean person. Mm-hmm. Like this is how this person functions. Right. So the more objective you can make it and say, this is not about me. Let me see. Okay. So this is the way that this person, um, you know, what's really important to a militant c- clinical instructor, instructor versus, um, another one who maybe is more relaxed, <gasps> My <but> is- instructor, <laughs> Right. So you, and you, yes. in the same semester, you can have vastly yes. different ones. You can have one who's militant, and they care that that colase is on time. Oh, yes. Darn it. Mm, yes. But, and they don't want you dilly dallying with that patient who's being emotional right now. Cause you got stuff to do. And <laughs> oh, then you God. go to another, Did we go to the same program. Kate? <laughs> <laughs> but then the next day you're at peds and then there's an emotional parent who needs somebody, but you know you have that co due in the next room, so you leave, and then the peds instructor's like, hey, that was an emotional moment. You should have been, you know, like... Mm-hmm. So really pay attention to how this individual person, like, views success or views what your expectations are. Like, pay very close attention because they differ. What we would like is really structured and it's all the same, but it's not. These are all unique, dynamic individuals. Nurses are. It's like different coaches, right? I don't know Mm -hmm. if you did athletics or if you – maybe you did um, – theater, we have different directors who have different styles. Mm-hmm. You got to learn their style and adapt your expectations to that. Yes. And then I think when you get, and and I know people don't always respond to the coach that's yelling or the director, right. whatever, but again, I'm not going to be able to make that coach not yell my goal or what I need to do when I'm in charge of it is myself and how I respond to it. Mm-hmm. So that means not internalizing that or taking it personally, trying to maintain some objectivity and say, what is this guy trying to tell me here? Okay. He's screaming at me to do whatever. Okay. I need to take the sting out of the scream, understand the message underneath it and follow through with that.
0: Um, if I that makes love sense. that. I love that. Take the sting out of the scream.
1: <laughs> Let's
0: make t-shirts.
1: <laughs> yes. Although I guess, I guess like in athletic screaming is much more normal, but like your clinical instructor should totally not be screaming. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. But
0: I oh, get God. the sentiment is perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's perfect. Okay. Here's another question, a little, um, kind of dilemma that students face. And, you know, a lot of students are second career students, mm-hmm. right? They mm-hmm. come into nursing, they've already had other jobs. They maybe were even leaders in other careers and suddenly they are in this clinical setting with this maybe bullying clinical instructor and they find that they they don't have that courage to stand up for themselves even though they're you know maybe they've done it all their lives they suddenly Mm -hmm. feel so powerless so
1: what it why is that? Because it it dumbfounds them <laughs> so much. I know. I get it. Well, so you have to think this is already a very intimidating environment. This is a very intimidating environment. You want to yes. do well. You want to impress this person. But you also need them to teach you. It's a very kind of vulnerable place to be. Yeah. And then we talk about bullying. And I think a lot of us have that reference of like kids standing up to someone on a playground. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's just what we know but in this you need much more tact and standing up for yourself doesn't need to be this valiant, do not treat me this way right i command respect like you're not <laughs> going to do that right no you you might in your mind but you yeah you might in your <laughs> mind which is actually is probably great for you to do that in your mind but the way that you can kind of stand up for yourself i think it needs it, need, it certainly needs to happen but i think it looks a lot different than that so what mm-hmm. i think that what that boils down to is assertiveness and mm. learning this skill, which will be advantageous for you as a new grad because you're going to need to do that then. Yes. So I... I- I think we tend to, especially even when you're a new career person, you were in this comfort comfortable area, even if you hated it, because I'm sure you didn't like it, because that's why you went into nursing, right? Right. <laughs> like, that was a comfortable, familiar thing. Well, now we're in an, an environment where we've got lives on the line. You've got an exorbitant amount of responsibility. Maybe we've got some imposter syndrome. We're working mm-hmm. long hours. There's all this tech you have to learn. And maybe you're not an assertive person at baseline. So yeah. like being thrown into this and it's and also we have this like I don't know what's okay or not like there is that pervasive culture too not just in nursing but in medicine of almost like hazing people or uh-huh. like I'm going to make this hard for you and miserable for you to see if you sink or swim which isn't right. Right. No. Um, so I think what there's a couple things I want to differentiate. First is the differentiating between commanding um, respect and earning authority. So we as humans just deserve this baseline level of respect. So just because you're a nursing student in your second semester doesn't mean the neurosurgeon who's been here for 20 years can come over here and talk to you like you were a kindergartner. Mm -hmm. Like that's not okay. But what I think that we tend to assume though, is that we should have what I've seen some people kind of cross into is like, I deserve a level of authority, um, which I've seen like kind of people come off a little too strong on the other end of it. Mm -hmm. I have all this, um, uh, I deserve all uh, authority because I'm here. You know what I mean? So I think there's those two things. You deserve respect. You should not be treated like garbage. Okay. Mm -hmm, So I I think that's important that people know that, that even if you are, when you're there for a long time, that's when you earn authority and you can, um, you know, engage in those higher level, you know, challenging situations better, but no matter what day one, you deserve respect. So in saying that assertiveness, learning to become assertive is crucial. So there's three different styles of communication. Um, There's, passive, assertive, and active, okay? Or I'm sorry, aggressive. So passive is you're not demonstrating respect for yourself, okay? You let people walk all over you. You never say no. You never question anything. You are a people pleaser and you're going to do everything anyone wants of you, whether or not it's a problem for you. And you're always going to say it's not a problem, even if it is a very big problem, right? That's passive. Yes. And I think that's where the vast majority of us fall when Mm -hmm. we come into these positions because we don't really know where the appropriate line is. Yes. Then there's, on the other end of it is aggressive. This is the bulldozer, the person, the probably stereotypical surgeon or whatever, who's going to, or I've also seen some aggressive students before, um, although much more rare of like, my opinion is always right. um, Mm -hmm. And I am going to disrespect others um, to maintain my own um, position. um, And I have no regard for other people. My, my opinion is the most important. Now, that so passive, I don't show respect for myself aggressive, I don't show respect for others, assertive is in the middle, I'm Mm going to maintain respect for myself, while respecting you at the same time. So commanding respect, but not in this um, way where you're going to like bulldoze other people. um, And you're going to respect what other people want to. So I think that learning those skills of assertiveness are crucial, especially for people who have well, I I think for everybody, to be honest. But I think when you can look up start realizing, okay, this is this is how I kind of need to navigate these challenging situations um is is kind of empowering for people because yeah, you don't you don't deserve to be treated terribly. Right. And how to mm-hmm. navigate that is with assertiveness. Yes. I love
0: that. That is so great. And I think it dovetails really nicely in with patient advocacy. Like that's a skill you're going to be doing all the time from day one mm-hmm. um, as soon as you step onto the floor. And I always tell students a great way to practice is to advocate for yourself as well. So mm-hmm. that is just awesome. I love that the three different styles. I never really thought about it that way, but your abs that is just that totally resonates because I'm a total people pleaser about 80% of the time. And I know and, that's probably one of my biggest character
1: flaws. Well, that was something that I really um, struggled with as a n- new grad because I thought that my role and, and and having this kind of baseline people pleaser characteristic of my personality that I have, I have worked on. But back then it was just like, Anytime anyone asked for anything, I just had to do it. And I thought mm-hmm. that was my duty. And it was like, wait a minute, like, I'm the only one who knows my five patients. And while I know this person wants this, I have this to do for this other one that's more important right now. Right. And like learning how to advocate for yourself and your patients, because when you advocate for yourself, you're ultimately advocating for your patients, even if that means you're going to take a break. Because if you have a break, you're going to have a little more mental clarity to be able to take care, better care of your patients, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that, so if that's something people struggle with, hey, a lot of us do. This is, um, we're, we're caregivers and a lot of us, a lot of nurses have that personality characteristic yes. where we're people pleasers. Um, so it, you know, learning those three different ones and, and practicing assertiveness in low risk situations, um, can help you build that muscle because it's not something you flip on. I love it that. Takes take some time. But if you can low risk, say someone says, Hey, can you switch shifts with me? Um, or I guess that wouldn't be for you. I'm, I'm used to talking to new grads, um, students, <laughs> right? <laughs> but like, Hey, can you pass this for me? Or can you do this for me? And really, I mean, it's not going to help. Sorry. I, I can't do that right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I can't do that. You know, and you don't need to offer any explanation, BT dubs, that um, yeah. <laughs> you can just say, you know, I can't, and then practice that and mentally realize and connect. I'm, I'm learning how to be assertive mm-hmm. and build those neural pathways and that stuff that can help you when you get to that challenging situation, you're going to be able to muster up the courage easier because you can be in that uncomfortable situation as you've been doing it before. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. And practicing in a low risk situation is perfect. Perfect. And you gave such a great example for that. And then, yes, when you're out of school and someone wants to trade shifts or have you pick up a shift, I mean, that's another one, right? I mean, I'm always that person who inside I'm saying, no, no, no. And then outside I say, of course I will.
1: Right. And 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 if we start off like that, you're (laughs) going to burn yourself out and your needs are not going to get met. Exactly.
0: I love that. Okay, Katie, I've heard you talk about this before, and I think it's just gold advice. So, And it has to do with when an instructor asks you a question and you feel put on the spot, how to collect your thoughts Mm -hmm. when you're feeling that internal, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh.
1: Oh, yeah. What an intimidating situation, right? Yes. So there's a few things. Well, number one, if you're someone who has very legit social anxiety, now I highly recommend. Whenever you get a new clinical instructor say pulling speaking privately with them to say, "Hey, this is a personal struggle I have I'm very aware of it um i'm I'm improving with it, but it's something I feel like I should let you know like when I get asked a question on the spot in front of a lot of people i I'm working on it, but i sometimes I freeze, and it's not because I don't know the information I, i'm I'm doing great in class sometimes it's just hard for me to get that information mm-hmm. when i'm you know put on the spot but i promised to you that i'm it's important to me to get better at it so if, uh, if you ask me something like that in front of people and i have a i don't respond you know sometimes having that conversation at the beginning if that if you are someone who identifies with I'm, I, this is a very legitimate problem that I have that I'm working on. So I think that is helpful because, you know, as I've had students before, if someone were to tell me that, like that makes, okay, that makes my teaching easier because I I understand this. Not that I'm going to like, all right, so I'll never make you do anything, but like to have an understanding of that is very helpful for most clinical instructors. Absolutely. But so one, so a long time ago I was, uh, you know, I love Twitter when I was on Twitter and I saw someone had this wonderful tweet and she said so i was in class today with like 200 people right in college where you have one of those big lectures mm-hmm. and this guy was asked a question and he didn't know the answer and so in inst- inst- what he said was hang on i'm not dumb i'm just panicking and <laughs> I, love I was it. like that is so honest sincere and great right like right i so like one of the, if you are asked a question and you you're put on the spot you freeze um which is a natural innate response that we have that our bodies when we're like mm-hmm. n- super nervous we we tend to freeze and it doesn't mean we can't perform don't know that information but we our our body is perceiving we've got a threat right now and we can't access higher level faculties of like intricate information that we learned at one point yes so you can always um ask in that moment, okay, so they ask you a question, um, say, um, hang on, I need I just need a moment. And hey, you know what, I'm having trouble thinking of that, but I I I know I know the answer. Can I circle back with you? Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe you can like and then when the the less intense situation or the intense tense situation passes, circle back with them and say, Hey, I I knew this or this is what that was. Um, you know, so that you just kind of like advocating for yourself to say, like, oh, I just, I need a second. And yeah. I think it's really important that you guys know that I've been in that. I've been asked questions where I didn't know the answer, but sometimes the best thing you can say is, you know what? I don't know. And even if, like, so, like, my previous example was maybe you did know, but you couldn't get to it, but sometimes mm-hmm. you're not going to know. Right. Absolutely. So they're going to ask you some complex thing that you're like, oh, I have no idea what that word means. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you can, uh, the people who can admit when they don't know something. Love it. That is wonderful because yes. fake it till you make it is dangerous. Yeah. We don't like in nursing school and in, when you're becoming a nurse, if you can't admit when you don't know okay. something, like then people don't know what to teach you. And you ultimately then don't know what gaps you need to fill because you're spending so much time pretending. That's, oh, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. So the learner, the sooner you can learn to be like, you confidently and calmly be like, you know what? I actually don't know, but I'm going to circle back. I'm going to find out and circle back with you. Yes. And you do that with, and you'll have to do that with patients all the time. Cause they're going to ask you questions. You don't know the answer to, or doctors are going to say, what was, um, bed nine's potassium oh, right. two days yes. ago? I don't know. Like, I just met the guy like nine minutes ago. I don't know what it was. So then you say, uh, you know, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. I'll circle back with you. And yes. you just say it confidently and calmly. And it's like, oh, okay. And you know what that does is it communicates to someone that if I don't know something, I'm not going to pretend. I'm, I'm going to tell you and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out the answer. And that yes. builds trust. So even though you just said, I don't know something, you're building trust. Right. Yes. I mean, I think sometimes students have
0: this unrealistic expectation that they're supposed to have all the answers. Mm -hmm. And I say that, A, that's a very, very high bar to set for yourself. Okay. You're never going to meet that goal. And then if they're in an environment where they do maybe feel a little singled out by their instructor, when they're put on the spot like that, or what they perceive as being put on the spot, I think it's great that now they have a method, something to use to do that self advocacy be professional be assertive and get what they need out of the situation so that was just super gold thank you
1: <laughs> thank of course you of course that. it's like i remember that i remember i thought at nursing school when i looked as when i was at clinical and i saw people that were nurses i just thought they knew everything oh yeah they're and they're such all, rock stars oh they and cuz they're doing their job look they're doing it but it's like they don't they don't know everything guys like mm-hmm. some of them were just a semester or two ahead and it's it's not like all of this information just suddenly fell into place. This, this takes so much time. So to consider that the lowest bar is to know everything, is to constantly set yourself up for disappointment um, and failure, and you, you, that's a terrible headspace for you to be in.
0: Absolutely. Totally 1,000% agree with that. Okay, I want to shift the gear a little bit. We've talked about clinical instructors, nursing school instructors, The other big scary thing that students (laughs) exactly (laughs) that students encounter is the other the nurses working on Mm -hmm, the unit. mm -hmm. So if you're a brand new student and you you don't understand how clinicals work, you go to the unit that you are assigned. You do have a clinical instructor, but they're managing eight, 10, 12 students. So they're kind of floating around checking in periodically you are working with an RN for that day. And sometimes you get an RN who loves to teach. And a lot of times Mm -hmm. you don't. So um, this is a very, it's a, it's just a dilemma for students. Like, how do I
1: navigate this? I'm here to learn and no one wants to teach me. So hmm. and you got the job, you orientation was simply getting shown around right and if you are on your own you know really well what you're doing so you should be able to teach me mhm well and then when i got to being a new grad and i w- got through the orientation experience that was much more intense and demanding and um g- like so complicated and challenging mhm and then i get and i get done with orientation i'm like man i still really don't feel confident in my skills and right. i know research tends to show that about 6 to 8 months so after you're off orientation is where new grad anxiety peak is the highest Because you're on your own, you don't have someone with you. You're really realizing the gravity of the responsibility of your job is. And now you have students who are asking you questions with everything you do, and you're not yet at that point where you really understand the why behind everything. Mm -hmm. You're just performing the tasks, and you're starting to put the pieces together of the why. But now you're having people asking you questions that you don't know the answer to, and you feel really vulnerable and stupid for not knowing them and not being able to articulate them. And your time management, you know, in those first few months off orientation, you're not at peak efficiency level yet. Not you're at not that. at that point where you can take on this full load and be ahead of the game throughout mm-hmm. the day. You're just not. And you also are still developing those skills to figure out what's a big deal, what's not. Um so I am a very like welcoming and warm person, but as a new grad with students, I have this epiphany that I'm not right now. I'm not as warm and welcoming. I'm in survival mode. Mm-hmm. I, I have my, I just don't want to kill anyone and I don't want to be five hours behind. And now I've got students and now I'm going to be behind. And so I know that during a new, my new grad period that I'm sure there were nurses who or nursing students who were like, man why are all the nurses on this unit mean including me Mm -hmm. because I was so short with them and I was like I don't have time to explain this and I don't have time to explain what Mm -hmm. this is And this, I just I'm three hours behind now and I have to explain all this to you so I think it's and and so that was my experience which was very eye-opening for me and then so a little bit about my career I um when I, when I was, um, I did that, that unit for a couple of years, then I did neurocritical care for a while. Then when I did my master's, I went back to that same unit that I worked on as a new grad. But at that point, I'd been a nurse for like eight years. I was working on my master's in education, very confident in myself, my ability to chat with students and explain the why I had learned a lot over the eight years. Mm-hmm. I loved students. I was like so even though like I was not I was still getting back transitioning from ICU to floor which is a challenge. Holy but cow, yes. Yeah. So when I, but then I had students, I was so excited to have it. I explained things. I had all this experience to draw from. Right. To, to really elaborate points to them. And I, and I realized I looked around a lot of the nurses that I was working with had been nurses for less than three years. A lot of them were working on their NP. So they were very focused on getting work done, but then also focusing on getting their masters done too. Mm-hmm. So they were, I was like looking like that was me if you like the the nursing students were like so excited to have me because and the multiple ones were like you're so nice like no one else's is nice and I'm like looking back like oh everybody else is in survival mode still yeah that's a really good point and it, it just, and and I do say that knowing there are some people who are jerks and there are some nurses on the unit that are really not cool, even if they're experienced for 20 years. But I know a lot of nurses who are really kind, great people, but when they're in survival mode, they're not this warm, let me help you with everything and explain things in depth because they don't really know it that well themselves. Um, so I think it's important that if you are going on the unit to have that awareness, not that that's necessarily going to change like their actions, but I think being like, if you ask and say, oh, how long have you been a nurse that you're following? And they say eight months. Wow. Keep that mm-hmm. in mind. Yeah, absolutely. That's a fabulous point. And. And, and and a lot of like when I was a nurse, I didn't think that I was going to get paired paired with a student until I was really ready to go. And boy, I got that way earlier than I ever thought. Yeah. Um. And and so just I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. Um. And yeah, you are going to have some that are not cool but you know i think it's important to have a level of awareness and also being able to really view this view the situations that you're seeing so i've had some students who are very good at being able to tell um okay what am i what am i as a student being kind of overbearing right, right? because That's- no matter what, like this, this nurse you're with doesn't get less of an assignment because they have students. And if you're a first semester versus a senior year, those are very different students to have, right? Yes. Um, so, if I have three first-year students with me who still, like, don't know, like, some of those basics, that's a lot more work for me on top of my, my um, patient load than if mm-hmm. I have three people who are graduating next year and I'm, like, delegating to them and mm-hmm. I'm, like, this is great. like. The- <laughs> Keep those two different those Best things shift in mind. Ever. Best shift ever. Wow, I will gladly explain things to you because now I have the mental capacity and space to be able to really dive into that with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's important to keep in mind, Be have some self-awareness. I've had some students who... Um, Ask um or kind of pay attention to the situations. Okay, wow, things got really serious. I'm gonna pause my questions even though I have a lot. Yes. Um that's a really good one because that can be very helpful um for the for nurses. Um because if you're demonstrating that you are like aware, hey, I know you've got a full load, I don't want to annoy you, but but um or hold on, I take that back because I've had students who every time they come up to me, I, I don't want to annoy you or bother right. you, but or apologetic. No. <laughs> don't be overly apologetic. You're doing your job. There's no need to apologize. I be like, um, I guess my tip for dealing with those nurses who are very like behind, overwhelmed, is be conscientious of their time. So if you have a question, ask it straightforward. Don't don't take ten minutes to ask a question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, be, uh, be willing or, or kind of have that formulated in your mind before you go up to them and ask them. Um, because I've had that too, where it's like, spit it out. What do you need from me? Cause I got to go to the next thing. You don't like, need to put 10 apologies before this. Tell me what you need. Yeah. I will gladly answer that for you. Um yeah. But I do, I, I, so I have one example, though, that I think having just a level of social tact and awareness is really important because I've had, you know, students, they ask good questions in the moment they maximize the time that I'm in the room with them. Um, and I, that interaction, I'm going to explain and maximize that, but they're not, they're kind of, you know how we say cluster care, Uh huh. Um, kind of consider that with those really busy nurses, like, okay, I, every time I have one question, I'm not going to go interrupt them right? I'm going to kind of, okay, wait, I have this question, but is it going to change my next couple steps? Wait, maybe not. So let me wait, hang on a second, see if I have another question and then come to them with a couple of them mm-hmm. so that I'm not continually interrupting their flow. Nice. I like it. I think that, and when you, because that shows you're respecting their time yes. um, and that goes a long way it, to someone who's overwhelmed, right? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. So I did have this one experience, um, or I have a couple that I think, how are we doing on time? I've got so, a couple of good ones with students. I want to hear that, it. So there is one. I had a, a patient who um, had, I can't remember, some ortho injury after a, a motor vehicle accident. Um, we had some substance use disorder issues. We had uh, one of the family members threw a chair. Oh, all got, kinds it, of things. It, it escalated very, very quickly. I had to call security. I had the crying family member. So they're in. security is in the room with the patient and their other family member. I have another family member who was in the hallway with me sobbing, right? And I'm trying to process this with this person, ensure safety. So the student came up to me who is one throughout the day who showed a very low level of self-awareness. Mm-hmm was continually repeatedly asking questions like coming into where I'm with another patient, like coming into the patient's room to ask mm-hmm. me questions about their patient. You know what I mean? Right, like yeah. it was just, it was, it was overbearing. Yes. Um and I'm she interrupts while I'm talking to this crying family member to say, oh, I forgot to ask him about his bowels for my care plan oh. and his last bowel movement. Could, what should I go in there? And I'm like, whoa. I this is this, this is one of those step back. I know your I know your to do list is so important from clinical. I remember that heat. I remember mm-hmm. knowing I had to get this stuff done. Right. But you're not you're not going to go into the middle of a safety situation to ask someone who is actively losing their mind about their bowels and interrupt someone who is crying. Yeah. I had to apologize to that that family member and talk to that student like this is i know this is an important part of your thing but this is one of those times where you would exercise nursing judgment and you would say wait a minute this is low level priority i can speak to this on my care plan to say an acute situation came up that prevented me from being able to do that or something Mm -hmm. right um so it's like that was a situation where i can't tell you how important it is to not be so so um, engrossed in your task list and you're getting these things done um, because instructors and professors understand that nursing is dynamic and patient situations change. I mean, how many times have you gotten prepared for a patient and the next day you come in, they've been discharged, right? Things change. Mm -hmm. So being able to speak to the big picture and your decision-making in like, okay, I decided this was not appropriate for these reasons as opposed to I'm being lazy and didn't want to ask him about his balance. Right. Mm-hmm. So then I have another one that I thought was a really helpful one for students. Um, so I, I, a lot of students get into nursing because I think medic, medical stuff's cool. I did. I mean, yeah. I love watching like the gorier, the better, you Oh, yeah. Like that patient has magnet, maggots in his feet. Let me see him. I got to <laughs> see it. <laughs> yes. um, so I worked on a cardiac unit and we had... Um, chest tubes, lots of chest tubes, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen one inserted, but it is very barbaric. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, but it's, but from that, Oh, this is super cool. Right. Yeah. So I had a patient who was getting his removed, which was pretty standard on our unit. And I had a pa- a student with me who was a, a great student who had a great social awareness. This kind of s- a little bit surprised me. Um, but like they were genuinely very interested in what was going on. And, but they did not temper that when they got into the room. Okay. So a patient who's getting ready to go through this really painful mm-hmm. experience is a show now, right? And what's more important is this this uh, medical thing, not the person having it done. Um, and this after this happened, you know, oh wow, this is so cool! Oh my gosh, I can't believe, this. you know, like. That kind of stuff and it's like, yes, I agree that this is super duper cool, y'all. I love this. But <laughs> when we walk into that room, don't act like that. Yeah. I need you to be a little stoic or a little comforting to the patient, right? But I don't need you to be like um it, it, like overtly like, oh my gosh, you know? Yeah. Um, because you know what happened is that that patient was actually a physician who really liked having students mm-hmm. and cared about that. And then he said, "Don't let an, don't let that student back in this room." Wow, that was not appropriate. And I I was and it was that was very painful and scary for me. And I was a show to that. Student And I did not appreciate that. So I think having social awareness, I cannot like say how important that is for students to have when they're working with people at at clinical, because we do get very focused on our to do list, because we, oh, my gosh, they're pass fail and they're so scary. And I I so get it, but we've got to balance it. Um, And and those, if you can kind of demonstrate some social awareness and tact in that way, that is impressive to nurses. Um, it's it it, it, um, it takes a little bit of stress off of us because we know that you can go into a room with a patient and not be like, like turning someone into a show, like that right. kind of thing. Yeah. So I can't. I can't. Uh, that those are those soft skills of nursing that I feel like need to be simultaneously developed, although that's really hard to do when you have 10 different clinical instructors. But um, those are those are the really good learning experiences that you can have in a clinical environment and don't um, uh, like undervalue those or miss those because mm-hmm. they're really, really important.
0: I think those types of things are a lot of times the things that cause the most stress mm-hmm. because a student can go look up what's the procedure for after the chest tube is removed and they right. can figure that out. But the soft skills that you talk about, nobody teaches those mm-hmm. unless you're paired with a great nurse who kind of gives you those expectations. You you kind of learn them on your own and by being self-aware and by, you know, observing the behavior of others. So I think that's I, just really good.
1: And I think that can help prevent some people from being less some some nurses or clinical instructors from being jerks. Because mm-hmm. like you, like you said, they're not actively taught. And then when you do something, they're like, respond to you like you're crazy. Right. When you were just being genuine, but it's like, oh, wait, I was so engrossed with the situation. I didn't have a big picture of, hey, what's actually going on here? Yes. So I think that, and I, and I say that not to justify that it would be okay to treat you like that. No. But um to understand, oops, sorry, I'm my little there. Um so I think that that's that's helpful. Oh and there was one thing I did want to mention too. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of uh, of bullying um is you know there are people who are wonderful instructors and wonderful nurses but then you do have those people on your units that are not great. Yeah. But there is probably a very legitimate reason that they're they carry themselves the way that they do that's much bigger than you and you're not going to fix that being their student and i think a way to help understand why they are the way they are is to first consider consider what's called bullying catalysts Mm. so that's why is this person like this you know they can be environmental like the aspect of their job, they have a monotonous or heavy workload, job insecurity, long hours, maybe they're, they are very uncomfortable in their position. They have too much responsibility, lack job control. Maybe they hate their job. And maybe there's some personal reasons, like maybe they don't have the support that they need in, in their job or at home. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe they're burnt out. Maybe, you know, maybe there's like, you know, they actually lack some skills and they don't, Want people to know that. Oh, yes. Um, this is a protective thing that they're doing to save face. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of reasons that people are very unkind to others. Mm-hmm. So that helps, I think, making it more objective yes. and not about you, because then it can make it easy. I don't want to say easier because this is tough stuff, but it can make being in those situations more tolerable when you can have that perspective of. There, there's something going on with this person. With that that's person. That's b- bigger than me. Yes. And, you know, and and certain, sometimes you're going to want to say, practice your skills of assertiveness, but you're also not going to want to um, respond to every little thing because mm-hmm. that's also, you know, we got to be considering uh, what kind of impression are we leaving and, and that kind of thing. And my, I have a, a little image I like when I, especially when I'm dealing, not just as a student, but in life with someone who is tough to be around who maybe makes comments where it's like, okay, I got to let that one fly because I can't, I just said something else or whatever, is I kind of picture myself as like this strong, deeply rooted tree and that their comments or their little looks or whatever are like wind just rushing through my leaves. Nice. They're not going to get stuck in me. They're just going to go by and I think that helps you maintain objectivity where it doesn't have to become part of me. I don't have to internalize it. I can let that fly by. Um, and and, I, and another comparison is to make it more objective. I don't know if you watch The Office. I love oh, The yes. Office. But oh, like yeah. Jim, when he looks at the camera, mm-hmm. when Michael does something stupid. <laughs> yes like well that was crazy i kind of when someone says something like kind of pretend i'm looking at the 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 camera <laughs> i love it yes because it pulls you out of the situation like uh that was crazy uh that was rude yeah. like you kind um, of acknowledge it and i kind of yeah. acknowledge it it provides a little bit of a, a way to get your brain out of the like taking it and internalizing it kind of thing um it softens the blow yes. i think let's all do a gym when those situations come up uh, in your brain. Like, all right. Okay.
0: (laughs) So I would have, okay. So when I was starting my second semester, you know how it is first semester, like you said, you're really green. You really don't know much. You're getting your feet under you. Second semester, you're going into clinical feeling like I'm so excited to put everything I've learned and see it start coming together. Like I so looked forward to my second semester clinicals. I was so excited. And walking in to the hospital, you know, at 6.30 in the morning or whatever hour.
1: <laughs> some at, ungodly yeah, hour. some
0: ungodly hour. And we're in our uniforms, me and my friend, and we're fresh and peppy and excited. And I hear this voice from about 10 or 15 feet away. And this woman said, in this condescending, snarky tone, here come the students. And I deflated <laughs> like, yeah. Why would she single us out? And I think a lot of students, when they encountered this kind of behavior, you know, snarky, rude, mean, they start to question, is this what the profession is like? I wish I had just done a gym. and yeah. i with my day, but it bothered me for week. I still think about that. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you, talk to students and they're starting to question, because they do, is this what it's like out there? Am I getting into a profession where people are going to treat me poorly? What would you say to them to, to have them believe that that is absolutely not true?
1: Yeah, I think, and I actually, not just nursing, but I think this applies to When whatever people are studying for and getting into, when you encounter those unkind people, it does really like kind of taint things. Mm -hmm. But my encouragement is this is your career. This is what you're working your butt off for. And darn it, those people are not, they're, terrible attitude is not going to take the joy away from you of being able to save a patient's life or being able to go and, and do this critical thinking and enjoy patient care. Um, I would be protective of the joy that this provides me and not allow those, pers- those people to take that from me with their Terrible comments, right? I would say, okay, if people are acting like this, this is more a reflection of their internal world than the actual environment of nursing and caring for patients and trying to delineate between nurse grumpy pants over there. It's mm-hmm. like, good Lord. But you know, you know what I also found, and I wouldn't recommend this necessarily for students, but if you're getting on your own unit and you've got that like grumpy person or whomever, like I, and like you were mentioning your like drill sergeant person who mm-hmm. eventually you, you understood. I love understanding those people. Yes. And I love like getting that like relationship with them when they're like, like that back and forth where I'm the overly positive person and you're the grump and and we're together, and I love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I love like, hey, I'm really excited, and I'm so excited to see how you're going to be a group today. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like we like, I've had people that I've like worked with who were like that, but we had this. Fun back and forth because we were so different but did appreciate that from one another mm-hmm. and like I didn't take the her grumpy stuff personally it because I knew her. that was yeah. it was about her you know what and if you're gonna act like that whatever but I'm still gonna make some jokes and I'm gonna still tell that person hey uh thank you for helping me I really appreciate that and you know what When you like decide okay you know I'm not gonna change who I am so that this person feels more comfortable right I'm like I'm gonna tell them thank you even if they never tell me thank you but you know what happens is people they'll start telling you thank you mm-hmm. because you're like I'm you teach people how to treat you right like i'm I'm not gonna like lower the the caliber in which I respect people just to fit into this person's worldview and they're like make them happy um but when you start doing things like that like that stuff's contagious, it's infectious, it's um, and then people really like being around someone who's hey, if if Katie asks me to do something and I do it, she's genuinely thankful for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm more willing to do something for her because of the way that she genuinely respects me. And you know what I mean? Yeah. So I I think be protective of your own internal world and experience when you're encountering those kinds of people um, and remind yourself it is all about them. It is not because you know what? that You guys that day, she. I bet that nurse says it every time they're students, right? She does. You're probably right. She's probably still saying it. It probably is. And you know what? That assertive coworker like maybe one day is like, Hey, uh, Joanne, you know, I bet they don't like that. Like, <laughs> maybe one day someone will say that, but it, it wasn't about you. It was about how this person feels about students. Right. And maybe this person feels better about themselves when they can elevate themselves above someone, which just makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I'd had that self awareness at the time. It just, oh, it's
0: hard. Completely. It, it just made my clinical day not so great. But yeah, yeah. I did learn that. You know, as I went through that whole experience, she was the only one. Everybody else, amazing. So mm. I did have a really great time. All right, Katie, we've been yammering now for almost an hour. <laughs> Woo, And I just, I'm just everything you said, super gold. We're going to make t shirts. We're going to be billionaires. <laughs> I will and, wear them. Um, I want you to tell us real quick where people can go to find you, find your podcast, because I know they are going to want to hear more of what you have to say.
1: Oh yeah. So I do. So I have a website. It is called Fresh RN. So if you go to freshrn.com, you can find me. I have my podcast there. I have books that I have written. I also have my main thing. Um, I have a blog with a ton of free content. I also do courses and while they're more, um, geared toward the new nurse. I have had a lot of people say, "Hey, this really helped me in the clinical environment or just prepare for my med surge um job." So my goal is really to support nurses as they transition from nursing school to practice, but not just with like education, but really my big thing is developing those soft skills and assertiveness and having a a, like realistic expectations, you know, and whatnot. So we have some free courses that are great. I have ICU drips for beginners and I have one called Mission Accomplished, which is just for those nursing students who are finishing their last semester and balancing how to get my license, how to sit for NCLEX, how to, um, finish and graduate and all that, all those pieces and get a job. So I have like checklists and things that can help you kind of make that, um, a little bit less terrifying. So if you go to a checklist, you just speak in my language. It's because I I mean, there's there. Do you? I could not like when I went through that of like, wait, I've got to do job applications, interviews, sign up for the NCLEX, study for the NCLEX, figure out what a state board of nursing is and how to do that. Like it's a lot. And the schools don't really give you any information.
0: So I love this. And students ask all the time about that transition period. So that's called Mission Accomplished, mm-hmm. right? And it's okay. it's
1: free. I do have two versions where you can get, um just get an email sent once a day for, I think it's four days, or I have it like an actual course you can walk through. Um, oh, okay. So, you know, pick which way you want to do it. Um, so those are my, you know, ton of free resources. And I have um, other courses as well. And you can get to my podcast there too. And I think it's really, even if you're a student, I think it can be very helpful. So you can, I think it can help you with, you know, easing some fears and clinical um. And so, yeah, it's uh, got, a, got a couple of things out there because, boy, those students getting becoming new nurses, that's really my passion and hope to help make that transition easier.
0: Excellent, excellent, excellent. Okay, well, thank you so much, Katie. This was super fun for me. I'm a huge fan. And I know if somebody listening today didn't already know you, they are a huge fan now as well.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me, Maureen. Okay, talk to you soon. So there
0: you have it, you guys. I hope you got as much out of that as I did. I just thought everything Katie said was just solid, solid gold. So you can find more from Katie, like she said, at her website, freshrn.com, which I will link to in the episode notes. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now. This podcast is brought to you by Straight A
1: Nursing.